0: Happy birthday, dear mom. Happy birthday to you. In the absolutely worst rendition of the Happy Birthday song, I have to tell my mom, Lisa Lingabock, happy birthday. No, you know she's listening. She listens to every show faithfully, which I really, really appreciate. And I have to tell her happy birthday. She's my mom. I love her. Unfortunately, don't get to see her on her day. But I did talk to her yesterday, probably going to talk to her a little bit later tonight and tell her happy birthday again. But now she can hear it on Edge of URC Podcast. And this is episode 153. Welcome to the show. Thanks for checking this out. Thanks for listening. As always, much love and appreciation. No doubt. This show, special guests. All of them are special. All of them. All of them. So of course we got a special guest and it is TikTok. Danny, TikTok, met him in college. He's been rapping since 2006. Part of the group Prelude to a Million, or Prelude to a Million. As we discussed in the conversation, you can say it however you want to. I guess that's the way it goes. Say it however you wish. Great dude. Lots in common. I think I found my brother that I never knew I had. Yeah, yeah. I think TikTok is my brother. Relationship formed. Bond happening but anyway great conversation great dude man we could have kept talking forever but unfortunately we had to stop we talk about music and sports and everything about everything do the plugs real quick don't know where you listen to this one but you can check us out on Spotify Apple Music iTunes and the website for Edge of Your Seat Podcast and that is www.rss.com Backslash podcast, backslash edge of your seat podcast. Social media, hit us up on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, edge of your CP. Got any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest? Have a story to tell us, have something you want us to talk about, want to advertise with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, shoot an email, edge of your podcast at gmail.com. Today is January 19th, again, my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. IHSA Twitter has been going crazy. High school coaches and athletes in the area, their Twitters have been going crazy because things are letting up. The tiers of restrictions for sports and contact are loosening up a little bit and now they can officially practice, can officially scrimmage and everything is supposed to start the second week of February. We've been ready. We have been waiting, and hopefully this happens. Of course, anything can happen and things stop, and we don't get to play sports, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a, hey, this could happen, which is more than we've had for the last couple months. We've just been sitting here, sitting on our hands, wondering what we're gonna do with high school sports. Now it seems like it's gonna happen. I am happy for all the kids, because they're the ones that are most important. The very, very most important. They only get this opportunity once, to play high school ball. And it's passing them by, and they can't do anything about it. That's sad, and I'm glad that they may get a chance. I am pumped. We're gonna be there, gonna talk to as many people as we can, go to games, and man, I'm so excited. (laughs) So excited. The bad part is, I did not talk about this on the last episode, found out Illinois Valley Community College sports, anything indoor, basketball, volleyball is cancelled. I'm an assistant coach with the women's basketball team and we are not having a season. All the players are upset, I'm upset, coach Josh Nauman upset, assistant coach Brittany Moriarty is upset, BMO, big props to her, shout out to her. And we're not even going to get to chill. Not even going to sit on the sideline and talk hoops and, you know, talk about the team. It's not going to happen. Sad. Really sad, actually. Like, not a lot of things that we've had to look forward to. People are losing their jobs. People are dying. Just wanted a basketball season to be part of something to play basketball. Things that the girls love to do and things that the coaches love to do. Like, that's what we want to do. That's why we do it. And we can't. Hopefully, high school can play, so there's something going on, something for us to watch, something for us to talk about. But unfortunately, college sports, at least junior college level in the Illinois Valley, will not be here this year. It's sad. Very, very sad. Sad, sad, sad. But, you know, we won't be able to play college basketball and get that athletic drive going on. But, there's still gyms. There's still LP CrossFit. Cause let's face it, it's not easy to get in shape or stay physically fit. There are factors working against all of us including time and work schedules, lack of a support system, maybe motivation is low, don't want to be judged or criticized of not supporting a gym rat body, injuries or physical restrictions. However, there is a place where these no's or maybes become yes's. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit located at the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails offers. A weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not one time, one day a week. There are multiple options and classes only last one hour. Support group? LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation? The trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements, including body weight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided, pushed, at a productive and comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcome and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You wanna go hard? You're gonna be welcomed with a hello, how are you? Go get at it. Maybe you want a more relaxed approach. It's the same welcoming. Hello, how are you? Go get at it. Injuries, mobility restrictions, they are a huge priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. Few things we have to jump into before we talk to TikTok. First, The Chicago Bulls got a dub last night against Houston, 125, 120, and it was a lot of fun to watch. The Bulls are not that bad. The young talent is starting to be talent. People are staying on the floor. Wendell Carter Jr. is playing. Lauren Markkinen is playing. They're not hurt. Thank you for playing. (laughs) The last couple of years, it's been, okay, we got these young guys, but when are we going to get to see them? Now we are, now we're seeing what they can do. Are the Bulls world beaters? No, not at all. Are they going to play for a championship? No, not at all. Could they battle for an eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs? Maybe, I can see that. East is kind of weak, Bulls got some talent and are playing as a team lately. They're lots of fun to watch, a lot of fun to watch. They're now six and eight, Houston's now four and eight. Not saying Houston is done, they got probably the better end of the James Harden trade, but I think it's a future deal, not this year type of deal. So we'll see how that plays out. But the Bulls just played better ball, yes it's only a 5 point win, but it was more team oriented. They had 7 guys in double digits. Zach Levine, 33 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds. Laurie Markinen, 18 points, 7 rebounds. Garrett Temple and Denzel Valentine had 13 points. Valentine also, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Thad Young, Thaddeus Young, 12 points, 9 rebounds, almost a double-double, 3 assists. Wendell Carter Jr., 10 points, 8 rebounds. Cody White, 10 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. And only one point away, Ryan Artadiacano. Probably said that wrong, I keep trying to say it. Man, he's got a rough name nine points, including a three at the end of the first, which was very, very long. It looked like he just chucked it and it went in. It was fantastic. Like I said, they're fun to watch. It's not like the last couple years where like, all right, they're gonna get beat by 20 and there's not gonna be a lot to be happy for or proud to watch or excited about, but there is. Cody White is turning into a really good point guard. Denzel Valentine is actually playing really good basketball. He can shoot, he made a Uncle Drew looking floater in the first quarter, runs up, just kind of floats it up and goes in. Actually, didn't even touch the rim, I don't think, went right through the net. Laurie Markkinen stepping up when he needs to. Zach Levine showing that he's all-star caliber. This is fun team to watch. I'm gonna keep watching all year. I was gonna watch anyway, but definitely, definitely have my mind, my eyes, everything on the Bulls right now when it comes to NBA basketball. Stat-wise, The Bulls put on a clinic at the free throw line, 19 of 21. Out-rebounded Houston, 47 to 36, including a 10 to 2 edge on offensive rebounds. Assist, I thought the Bulls had more. It looked like it, but they had 23. Houston out-assisted them by 2 with 25. A lot of fun to watch. Keep watching them. Got to give the Bulls my support, and hopefully you're supporting them too, and see what happens. I mean, we got these young players, hopefully, hopefully, we can lure a big-time player to Chicago to make the Bulls great again. That is my dream. That is my wish. I know we've been saying this for a long time, but hopefully, hopefully, we can make this happen pretty soon. Now it's time to jump into some football. And our football AFC and NFC championship game segment is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Shimmer Medota Ford is a community dealership that is here for you. We broke down Saturday's games on episode 152, which came out on Sunday as the games were about to begin right before them. Then we watched them. Chiefs beat the Browns 22-17. I picked that one correct, but I thought I was going to lose it. Patrick Mahomes' concussion protocol does not play the end of the game, but the Chiefs did what they needed to do to get past the Browns. Buccaneers 30, Saints 20, I thought it was going to be more of a shootout, it was kind of a shootout, and Tom Brady used his weapons to the best of his abilities. Both have dynamic offenses that people are scared of, and Buccaneers just proved to be a little too much for the Saints. Both were great games, I really, really thought for a minute that the Browns were going to take the Chiefs, I really did the sports fan in me, the, the supporter of Cinderella teams and doing something that you're not supposed to do like I support that. The realist in me and picking and if you have any beans on it, jelly beans on these games, you're going Chiefs. So I was kinda torn and I did pick the Chiefs which that's who won but the football fan in me really wanted to see the Browns win the game. Man that would have been awesome. First time they made it to a divisional round playoff game since 1994. I was nine years old. That's crazy. So they deserve some success and they're doing it. Now I'm really, really interested to see what happens with them next year, if they can put some more pieces around and become an even better team. They could. Just don't drop the ball. And I really hope this was not Drew Brees' last game. That would be sad, I was hoping, I was hoping. That the Saints were going to get to the Super Bowl. I really, really, really wanted to see Drew Brees win another one. I don't want him to go out without another Super Bowl. I really don't. And he's getting up there. So is Tom Brady. But Tom Brady's got enough. He doesn't need any more. He's got six. Definitely wanted to see Drew Brees and the Saints win. Unfortunately, Tampa Bay wins. And Tom Brady is putting himself in another echelon that nobody ever thought he would get. Like, he's already considered the GOAT, like the greatest NFL quarterback ever. And if you know anything about football, quarterback is the number one position. He is already looked at as the GOAT. And now he's going to another team after a long career and is taking them to an NFC Championship game with the possibility of another Super Bowl. If he wins the Super Bowl, there's no doubt in my mind that he is the greatest ever. Probably no doubt in anybody's mind. Through his years with the Patriots, everybody was always like, oh, he's a system quarterback. It was because of Bill Belichick. No, no, man. The guy's 43 years old and playing really good football. Is he MVP caliber? No, no, he's not. But is he good enough to get his team to the Super Bowl with all the weapons that he has? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. That's just a few of them. There's tons of them on that team. And he knows how to distribute the ball to all of them. Tom Brady, the real deal, the real go. However, I cannot pick them over the Packers. And this hurts me for some odd reason. The NFC Championship game, I am going Green Bay. I am not a Green Bay fan. I have made it very, very clear on this show that I despise the Green Bay Packers, very much so. But the way they're playing, the way they're clicking, Aaron Rodgers is probably the MVP of the league. The defense is not allowing anything to happen. I just don't see how they lose. The defense, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be too much for Tampa Bay, because I don't even think that's a thing. But I think they're gonna do enough to stop Tom Brady and the crew, the Bucks, when they need to. So I'm going Green Bay this Sunday's NFC Championship game. AFC, I picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl the beginning of the year, but watching the playoffs, watching the season, I'm going Bills. I want the Bills to beat the Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl. I don't care who wins between the Packers and the Bills, but I would love to see that game. Josh Allen playing great football. Stephon Diggs is putting himself in the top tier of NFL wide receivers. It would just be a fantastic, fantastic game. So that's what I want to see. And I may have changed it up from the last time that I did my Football picks, But after watching the games this weekend, the NFL divisional round playoff games, that's who I want. That's who I want. I want Packers and the Bills. That would be amazing game for me to watch. And you too, because it would be great football. Plus, if the Chiefs win, they would be the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since the Patriots did it in 2003-2004. I was still in high school. I was a junior in three and a senior in four. I don't think Chiefs are going to be the team to change that. If they are, awesome, because I'm a huge fan of Patrick Mahomes. I love Andy Reid. Cool. I am just kind of voting for the upsets or the non-routine, non-hey, we think this is going to happen deal. I want to see the Bills win. I wanted to see the Browns win deep down inside. But that would be a lot of fun as a football fan, as sports fans, to see the Bills knock off the Chiefs. This segment was brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. After a bad 2020 in every sense of the term, Mendota Shimmer Ford wants to usher in the new year 2021 with style, comfort, and great deals. Stop by and see the 2021 Ford Bronco Sport and the Ford F-150, which are both in stock. These are just a few of the options at Shimmer Mendota Ford as it has a huge selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website www.mendotaford.com. Whether you shop online or at Shimmer Mendota Ford located just south of Mendota on Highway 251, manager Ski Hartman and his associates Tony Miles, Jason Hintz, and Doug Safranik will use their expertise and understanding of the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021 just the way you want. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. Kind of hit you with a random sports, kind of everything breakdown right now. First, I'm going to start with Royal Rumbles. The WWE Royal Rumble is at the end of January, Sunday, the 31st. So I'm trying to go back and watch as many as I can before we get there. Royal Rumble is always a big thing. I'm not even really watching wrestling right now, not keeping up with it, but how do you not watch the Royal Rumble? How do you not watch WrestleMania? You have to, you definitely have to. So I went back and so far I've seen the 1988, 89, 90 and 91 Royal Rumbles. Few takeaways, 88, obviously the first one, was on USA Network, not on a pay-per-view, and they really didn't know what they were doing. And it's very, very obvious. They tried to put this unique match that Pat Patterson put together, rest in peace, passed away recently. This crazy idea to put a bunch of guys in the ring, we're gonna do a countdown, have them come out, and let's throw them over the top of the rope and see what happens. Great idea that has obviously stuck around since 1988 and is a huge deal every January if you're a wrestling fan. And even if you're not a wrestling fan, you might still turn on a Royal Rumble. Last year, I watched it with a guy that doesn't watch wrestling at all, and he had fun. He was like, hey, this is kind of cool. Not that we're gonna sit there and watch wrestling every day together, but the Royal Rumble special occasion, and it's cool. Why not? In 1988, Jim Duggan wins. Yuck, 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 yuck. Probably the biggest accomplishment of Jim Duggan's career And he is a Hall of Famer, and he deserves it, but he did not deserve to win the very, very first Royal Rumble. No way. So other many great wrestlers that they could have put it on Junkyard Dog, Harley Race, who they were already calling the king. Why not give him the Royal Rumble? Yes, his career was pretty much over. He had been wrestling at that time since forever, but probably would have went a little different than if they had Jim Duggan win. Jim Duggan wins the Royal Rumble and that's pretty much all he ever does. Do do like Jim Duggan, I respect him, I'm not trying to hate on him, but I just thought a different winner would have been a better plan. And I'm sure you've heard this discussion if you've ever heard anybody talking about 1988 Royal Rumble. How is Jim Duggan the first winner? Insane. 89, Big John Studd, who at that point, again, end of his career, he really couldn't move around, he dies a few years later. Leaves the company, I believe, in 1989. Doesn't even stick around. So you give him the 1989 Royal Rumble. He doesn't stay around. He passes a few years later. Rest in peace. But what does it do for the Royal Rumble, his career, or the company? Nothing, really. Just made it a thing. Like a another day. It wasn't iconic. It wasn't special. There was some really, really cool moments. And in the first four... The way they put storylines together, whether it was with Hawk Hogan and Macho Man, Randy Savage in 89, or Hawk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior in 90, Jake the Snake Roberts and Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake Roberts and Rick Martel, Rick Martel and Tito Santana when they broke up the Strike Force, the tag teams that went at it, Andre and Haku with Demolition and the Hart Foundation and the Nasty Boys and Legion of Doom, and the Brain Busters. The way they put storylines together was really, really well done. And I think, because I've seen pretty much every Royal Rumble, gets better and better as they go. But you're seeing the genius story writing that did happen in wrestling in the late 80s and the 90s, at least the early 90s. Definitely seeing it with these Royal Rumbles. 90-91, Hogan wins. Running rampant over everybody, throwing out nine, seven people every Royal Rumble, and you know he's the guy. And it made it that special event because the best wrestler in the world at that point, or at least the biggest name, the biggest personality, was winning. It wasn't a Jim Duggan where you're like, huh? Why is he winning? Or a Big John Studd like, hey, well, he's about to leave. He was a star, but he's not anymore. Now you have a star, huge star that pretty much made wrestling famous. Everybody knows the name Hulk Hogan. You had to have him win at least one. He wins back to back 90 and 91, just like he should. Also, you can see the technology, (laughs) the way the timers are. Actually, they didn't even have a timer at the first one. They just kind of threw people out. And then now in 91, there's music as they come out. There wasn't music before. They just walked out to the crowd. That was it. Now there's music, there are theme songs playing as they come out. And the exits and the performances are more dramatic and dynamic because they're understanding what this match is and what it could be. Before, like I said, 88, 89, it's like, eh, we're here, cool, eh, whatever. But now, especially 91, and I know it gets even more involved after that, especially 92, We'll talk about that probably the next pod. But you can see the changes and then working at it to make the Royal Rumble a fantastic show. So we'll keep diving in, keep going through some more as I continue to watch it. Another birthday shout out Betty White turned 99 January 17th. The lady is absolutely hilarious. Everything that she was in, she made me laugh. Golden Girls was one of my favorite shows as a little kid. I know that sounds weird, but she was hilarious. How could you not laugh at Betty White? Happy birthday to Betty White. Hopefully, she's here for many more. Steven Jackson, I believe it was on his podcast. He is a former NBA player, says that Kyrie Irving bought a house for George Floyd. George Floyd was the African-American man that was killed by police officers. Probably saw the video with the police officer having his knee... On George Floyd's neck can't breathe he passes away right now Kyrie Irving has been thrown in the media thrown in the public view as just a nuisance as a crazy man who is a great basketball player but can't get his act together and I believe that's who he really is but but to have another side and to see him trying to do something good trying to reach out to people that shows something like he is a human being and not just a troll. Because honestly, he seems like a troll 95% of the time. So if Steven Jackson is correct and Kyrie Irving really did that, big props to Kyrie Irving for being a real one. Going to baseball. John Lester, adios with the Cubs. He is going to the Nationals on a one-year deal, joining another former Cub, Kyle Schwarber. Seems like the Nationals and the Cubs do business all the time. John Lester's getting up there, been around since 2006, in my mind, is a Hall of Famer. Three World Series, two with the Boston Red Sox, and then of course with the Chicago Cubs in 2016. He's one Cy Young's, he's a beast. Great pitcher. I think he's a little up there, but he's still a rotational pitcher and the Nationals are putting together a squad that could be really, really dangerous come postseason. Also, former Cubby, I don't really want to put it that way, I wish she wasn't in a way, I I don't know. Jared Porter was with the Cubs in the office, administrative role, was the Mets GM for about a month until he got fired for sending lewd, explicit, really inappropriate texts and photos to a female sports journalist. Who is in the states but working for a foreign outlet and really doesn't know English at a really phenomenal rate. Like there were some things that I seen on the ESPN clip where she really didn't speak that great English. And Porter is sending photos of his junk and trying to get with her. Inappropriate. Deserves to be fired. Nobody should be doing things like that. The woman asked you to stop to quit and he didn't leave her alone. That's all I really got to say about that. Probably deserve to be fired. I know his baseball career is probably over, but I think you got to think about those things before you're doing them. When you're younger, you're not in a role like that. I mean, it happens. We're all crazy, right? All of us are crazy, but you get in roles like that and you're a huge public figure making a lot of money, doing what you love. Everybody's saying that you're destined to be great in the MLB, you're going to be a GM, then you get the job, and then you squander it in a month because you were sending these photos and texts to somebody that didn't want you to. Not a good move. And now, dealing with the consequences. While we're talking about firing and probably a case, he's probably going to catch a case for this. Jared Porter's probably going to go to court or plead bargain or something. Conor McGregor, UFC's Conor McGregor facing a multi-million dollar lawsuit for personal injuries in Dublin, 2018. A woman is accusing Conor of assault and rape in the capital island, Dublin. Assault and rape. Ooh, those are huge charges. She is looking for 1.79 million to 2.13 million. Those are the two numbers that are being thrown up. That that's what she's kind of seeking said that he had picked her up, put her in a headlock, and was kind of torturing her, and then raped her, as she was telling him no and leave me alone. Men, never, 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 never do things like that. Don't put your hands on a woman. What does that make you? That doesn't make you a man, not by any means. Not a man by any means. I hope this isn't true. It's probably gonna be a plea bargain. They're not going to go to court, probably. Connor's just going to pay her what she wants. Hope this isn't true, but it could be. And now there's going to be the stigma. Okay, now he's a woman beater and a rapist. Why put yourself in those positions? Why? And I said the same thing about Kobe. And I said the same thing about everybody else that does this. It's not worth it. The Blackhawks are on, and they're coming back. They're coming back. They are 0-3 coming into this game. Against Florida Panthers, who are 1-0. They were down 2-0 at one point. Then it was 2-1. Then it was 3-2 with five minutes left in the second. Now 13-27 remaining in the third and final period. The Blackhawks have a 4-3 lead. Let's go. Let's get this first dub. Need this W bad. Dominic Kubelik scored the first two Chicago goals with Duncan Keith and Lucas Walmark with the assist and then Patrick Kane and Phil Kurasev have scored the last two goals. Let's keep it going. Let's hold them off. we got a 4-3 lead. Let's get this done. Nobody wants a goose egg going four games into a new season. That's hard to rally around. Let's get a W and build from there. My plan is to watch more hockey this year, get more involved, and break down some Blackhawks as much as possible because it is fun. It is exciting but it's just not always on my radar, especially basketball season, college and NBA, but we're gonna check a little more out, try to get in the hockey groove. Another groove that we should try to get into is home improvements, fixing the house, working on the house, making it more comfortable. Also construction works hard to help its customers until it no longer can, but guess what? It always can, sure. It's cold, there's snow, it's January in Illinois. They're probably not gonna do siding, probably not gonna work on a roof, but there's plenty of projects of a home inside that Olson Construction can take care of. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. For a free estimate, call Ulster Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olsa Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to ulsaconstruction 19 at gmail.com. Well, happy birthday, mom. I love you very, very much. We got to get to TikTok. Got to get to TikTok. Rapper from Dwight, Illinois. Went to SIU in Carbondale. Doing his thing. Works to the paper. Raps. Does it all. We will be back a lot this week. That is the plan going to be doing tons of shows. I have talked to a lot of people and had some great, great conversations. So until then, peace you know i'm looking at edge of your seat podcast schedule and who i'm talking to and started off as a sports show and then we started talking to people during COVID 19 that were like local bar owners and local restaurant owners and then college kids who weren't playing sports anymore after their high school days but talking about being a college student during COVID 19. so i'm looking at this like you know what, this might just be a daily show instead of a sports show, which I am all for. And why not throw some music in there? We had Mo Pesci on, we had Brian Covelli on, and now we got another music guest. Danny, TikTok. what is going on, Tok? B, hey, what's good, sir? Nothing much, man. I had to have you on. You've been doing some big things, and it was about time you got on my podcast. Man, that's love. I've been watching from afar and just... uh enjoying the content you know definitely met you at siu me and cavelli were talking about you and how you guys have been working together and i said hey i remember him and we actually ran into each other in my hometown of mendota after we were both out of siu mendota yes sir uh my buddy ryan invited me and jev to come
1: out there and rock a halloween show and uh, he's the only dude i thought
0: I'm up. <laughs> I walked straight up to the DJ booth. I'm like, TikTok, what's going on, man? You took one look at me like, B, what are you doing here? <laughs> I honestly
1: didn't even know anybody else in Mendota. I didn't
0: think that I did, anyhow. There's not a lot in Mendota, so to have a couple people, I guess that's something, because there's really nothing here except, I guess, life forms. So that's about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, coming from Dwight, Illinois, my dude, I definitely know a thing.
0: For sure. Dwight's not that far from here.
1: Oh, like 45 minutes, I think. Maybe a little more than that.
0: Were you born and raised in Dwight?
1: I mean, I was born in Kankakee, but taken
0: back home shortly thereafter to Dwight, Illinois, baby. I just touched on, like, you and Cavelli working together doing music. You are part of a group and have been doing this for quite a while. Yeah, man, uh, Forever
1: reppin' Prelude to a Million. Um, shout out to Katie Merckx and Dub Z, and Jay Dixon. That's the fam right there. Uh, yeah, bro. We've been doing this since, I want to say 2006, 2007. So we recorded our very first song about as low-fi as a low-fi song could get because we were all just uh, learning at the time. But uh, started doing shows. point studios working on music and then uh then I uh, basically we've been putting our music pretty much uh every year trying to anyway it's just been a little quiet of late but
0: uh yeah the prelude fam bro that's that's the team that's the crew so you've been together for like 14 years i mean basically
1: it began with me and katie murks he was king deliran at the time I met him through Chris Maitian, who's one of the coldest musicians that I've ever known. Met him down at SIU, and he linked me with Katie Merckx. I'll never forget he was at our friend Sarah's house. (laughs) And uh, first time I ever met him, i had heard his music and uh, definitely was a fan before I ever saw him in person. But he rolled up, and it was, you know, like most SIU house parties, like, uh, you know, we were getting litty.
0: As music and what you try to do and what you want to speak about and your messages, we will get to all of that. You named three other guys and you that are in Prelude to a Million. How hard is it to keep a group of four people together making music year in, year out and staying in touch with each other? Because I mean, we get older, we get jobs, we have families. You know, things happen. How tough is it to keep that together?
1: Man, that's a that's a great question, and I'm glad that you asked it. 'Cause I mean, that's been I would say our biggest roadblock is our like inability to be in the same room at the same time to work on stuff. However, somehow through the years because of that we've still managed to like keep that link strong, you know what I mean? Basically, like through the blessings of technology and be able to send pro tool sessions. That's uh, been a blessing for us because we got Katie Merckx. He's down in Florida right now. Jazz is in Chicago. Dub is in Southern Illinois. And I'm sitting here in Dwight, Illinois. So, like, it's rare that we're ever all in the same room together. So, to answer your question, it's very difficult because I feel like most groups, if you go through the history of, like, rap music, most groups were, like, you know, basically living in each other's houses, you know what I mean? And, like, they had that cohesion because they were around each other all the time, but we go off of just vibe, and, like, we're able to feel each other's energies, even
0: from afar, you know? Technology, man. (laughs) In 2020 is amazing. You can literally still make music with the same people you have your entire life and don't even have to be in the same room. That's kind of crazy.
1: Right, I mean, we've been doing this pretty much our whole existence. (laughs) Like, our SIU days were basically the times that we were together the most because it was Dub, KD, and myself down there along with two other former members. But uh, jazz was still coming down
0: I may have said 2020, but I meant 2021. You knew what I was talking about. You, you did. You did. I wasn't going to call you out on your own show, bro. <laughs> that's all right. I like the realness. I'll call myself out.
1: Absolutely,
0: man. That's that's what I appreciate as well. That authentic Right. Got to keep it that yeah, way. Got to keep it that way. I think I met you guys the whole prelude to a million crew. I want to say her name was Alyssa, a friend. Uh, I think a mutual friend of all of ours. And I, th- I think so. Alyssa Miller, maybe? Yes, that's her name. That's how I yeah. met all of you guys. We were all chilling in the same spot, and I didn't know any of you before then, but that's how I met you guys. And I think I got like a mixtape or something that you guys were working on at the time. Alyssa <laughs> gave it to me, and I still have it. I found it in my CD case like a week ago.
1: Well, let me tell you how strong all of our work ethic is. I can say without even knowing for certain that I know you got a CD that night. Because <laughs> we wouldn't let people leave our vicinity without sending them home with some of the work, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't know who gave it to me. It might have been Alyssa. You guys handed it to her. I don't remember, but I remember walking away with that and then listening to it pretty much routinely at that time. I'm not going to lie. I haven't put it in in probably like 10 years, but at that time, I listened to it a lot. Yeah, man.
1: uh, Back in those days, we were just rapping over other people's beats, doing mixtape stuff. We used to leave our, uh, we had a whole CD set up, like a display for our second mixtape down at SIU, what's the, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, something old world liquor, that's what it is in Dwight, but it's something different in Carbondale, I can't remember, but we used to put CDs there all the time and they'd be gone in like a week and we just fill them up again, like I, I can't tell y'all, I have Carpal Tunnel from writing out so many CDs back in those
0: days. Are you talking about the liquor store that was like right next to Dairy Queen? Uh, yeah, yeah. Old Town. Tanner used to hang out in front of... Old Town. Old Town, yep. I knew it was Old Something. I couldn't remember. Yeah, Old Town Liquor Store, yep. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, let's get back into the music. I mean, how many mixtapes or CDs or projects have you guys put out?
1: Man, we put out a lot. Um, our first three mixtapes.
0: sure and i just noticed we're about 11 12 minutes into this conversation and have not even dropped the word rap or rapper or hip-hop or mc or none of that but that's what you guys do in four different locales though that means you got four people word of mouth all over the united states people i mean there's different styles for each rapper for each mc and there's different you know flows and how you go about things what is your guys strategy how do you guys go about it i mean are you like a tribe called quest are you like a smaller group of wu-tang are you like a bone thugs in harmony what is your style
1: Man, I've heard you bring up
0: Bone a few times Just listening to old Pops, And uh, I don't know if you know this But I'm a huge Bone Thugs fan That's what I I grew up on, man I love some Bone Thugs and Harmony I did two Crossroads was one of the first hip-hop songs I heard Right after, you know, a couple Pac songs And, uh, you know, Master P Back in the day Warren G, um, Regulators Regulators was probably the first that I ever heard Mount Up Mount up Regulators
1: (laughs) I love it man My bone My first bone experience Was uh, thuggish, Ruggish Bone I say that in one of my songs On my solo project I say What if back in 1994 I never would've thuggish, Ruggish Bone On the radio And uh, for real That's like what set it off For me It was a cassette tape bro Creeping on a come up
0: I have that too (laughs) (laughs)
1: What's up? Uh, yeah, I got uh, so much bone paraphernalia, man. It's it's ridiculous. I'm definitely
0: a fanboy, for sure. So obviously, we're not in the CD days anymore. So, you know, I got the Spotify. I walk right. to work every day. I'm not too far. It's a good walk. Get myself pumped up to get there. And every day, I'm listening to something different. I hit up some old school stuff the other day. Not, you know, 1992 old stuff, but that uh Notorious B.I.G., Crazy Bone, and Twista uh, Spit Your Game. Oh um, my gosh! That, yep, that little remix album they put out with with new rappers on it—that was dope as hell. And that got me pumped up for like a week, <laughs> like listening to it, <laughs> listening to it for that little it's four okay.
1: minute. Man, that's, that's definitely a dope song, I'm, I'm a huge Twister fan too, like Chicago rap music across the board, like every part of the city, I grew up on that stuff, I used to go to Joliet, up to Crow's Nest, just to get all these like bootleg CDs, Chicago CDs back in the day, and rare ones, and that's kind of like what grew me into being who I am now as far as like listening.
0: True story, I am probably in 8th grade. I went to that same place, the Crow's Nest, and I got a mixtape with Nelly Country Grammar. Nobody had heard it before, not out here in Mendota, Illinois, and nobody had heard it yet. Nobody. And then put that in, probably about two weeks later, see the video for Country Grammar on MTV.
1: Dang. See I feel like we we live similar lives as like (laughs) young little white kids exposed to like this beautiful like hip hop you know what i'm saying being from the midwest and whatnot it sounds like we got some similar tastes as far as that goes because uh admittedly i was an ellie fan too i heard country grammar and i lost it man that's that was
0: a dope song yeah again walking to work i'll listen to that whole cd oh man that cd country grammar, oh my gosh the whole thing is craziness you got the saint lunatics album that they came out with
1: from that group like they were
0: actually a, a slick little uh little group man yeah who was the taller big guy uh they had
1: ali and murphy lee it was ali that's um, what i was talking about and the guy with the mask maybe that was i
0: don't know i i admit i don't know my saint lunatics that well <laughs> anymore <laughs> ali was a big dude and i think the guy with the mask was city spud or something like that that's
1: right that's right you're exactly right See,
0: Honestly, man, I have been listening, and when I, when magazines were a huge thing, I had XXL, I had Source, I would cut out the posters and put them all over my bedroom <laughs> wall. Like, I am a fiend when it comes to hip-hop, R&B, rap, all that. Every day, all day, that's what I do. You
1: sound just, I'm telling you, bro, like when my mom, what's up, mama talk, when my mom hears this podcast, she's gonna be like, that's exactly what Dan did. Uh, for real, dude, uh, I had source magazines everywhere, I used to cut the, the photos out, I used to cut the, the promotions out of there and put them all up on my wall, and that's like how I started as a little ticklet, bro.
0: As a little ticklet? I like that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But, uh, hey, to answer your question, though, as we got
1: off a little bit, but uh talking about our favorite hip-hop groups, but honestly, man... I love the fact that we're like all from different areas and we all got different, you know, inspirations that we grew up and artists that motivated us to like want to pick up a microphone, you know? And uh, as far as style goes, like we all definitely got like a, a Midwest style of flow, but each of us has our.
0: Sure, and the mixtape that I heard him again, we're talking 2000, back in the day. yeah, way back <laughs> in the day. We're gonna say like 2006 or 7 ish, somewhere around there. Yep. A lot of slower, you know, maticulating, you know, grind beats. Is that kind of still what you guys do now? Or I'm sure you guys have explored and got a little bit of everything. I mean,
1: when it, when it comes to all of our beat selections, too, like we joke about how not joke but like jurisdiction our girl jazz what up jay she like has found a groove with the more like laid back lo-fi kind of like ninth wonder style type of production you know what i mean but uh we like to get her to come on like the harder tracks and just go nuts because she she does just that whenever she gets on the mic it really doesn't matter like i I say like with this. It's going to be with a different producer, so people are going to kind of hear us over like different styles of production with each release that we put out, so I'm kind of excited to, you know, showcase our stuff in that way while still giving some light and love
0: to our producer buddies, because, uh, yeah, people like Coco, they're a huge part of our process. I was going to say, I know you got some Coco Cavelli on there.
1: Two them are out already. But uh the Coco Pack is gonna be the first one we dropped and we're putting that out here sometime before the end of January.
0: I'm excited for you guys. I know you guys are good at what you do. Like I said i that one CD that I got a million years ago. I listened we to that get you some new music was just gonna say I've, I've heard a couple tracks here and there like we're friends on Facebook and stuff like that I, I see tracks and have listened to them but I'm just saying in terms of like a CD a bunch of music in one spot it's been quite a long time but I already knew then that you guys were really really talented and I enjoyed what you did <laughs>
1: And this is what we all love to do.
0: I want to be behind supporting, especially if I get some new music. <laughs> and work into his so and it shows (laughs) it shows absolutely like this Alright, just checking this stove real quick. <laughs> <Checking> <laughs>
1: don't this. let your food
0: burn, bro. Right, man, I can't do that. I can't do that. Yeah, don't don't do that on account of me, shoot. <laughs> real quick story real quick though, uh doing this little weight loss thing at work. I work at a bank and all these people are doing I've been in the gym and working out and stuff, trying to get in better shape anyway. So they started this contest and I'm like, you know what, if I start eating better, I bet you I'm going to blow it away and win money. So I'm like, hey, you throw money in my face, you know, that's what I'm going to do. So, <laughs> so yesterday, because we had to weigh in today, today was the first weigh in. So I'm like, you know what, I got some cinnamon rolls, I got some ice cream, you know, I'm going to smash this, get it out of my house, and you know, kind of like a here we go kind of thing. All right. I look at the cinnamon roll package, it says 13 to 17 minutes. So I put it on for 15. Right. At about four. That's what I do too, right in the middle. Right, right. So at about 14, <laughs> like I'm in the other room, I'm in my bedroom watching TV, and I'm smelling it, I'm like, okay, smells good, smells good. And then all of a sudden, probably like 30 seconds later, I smell like a burnt. I'm like, nuh no you did not. So I go, run in there, open my stove, in there, and they're roasted. <laughs> and they were only on for like 13 and a half minutes. Uh, don't you hate that man? Lion ass packages. Right. (laughs) Roasting my cinnamon Uh, rolls and everything. Cook time may
1: vary in different ovens. Like shut your mouth, like make the food so that it isn't that
0: way, you know? Right. And you know, I'm going to keep this on the podcast now. This is a great conversation. (laughs) You dropped the F-bomb
1: like I did, though. You're going to have to cut that out. Oh, yeah. I will. I'm keeping keeping tally on the curse words, man. I told you I was going to try to behave.
0: I had this other dude who I forgot to mention him, Charles Babbis. He is a rapper from Ottawa. He's like 21 years old, just starting, and I was like, hey, cool. You know, I'll have you on. It was a pretty good talk, very interesting stories, and nice. he wrote on his hand with marker, don't cuss.
1: I mean... Like, for me, it's just like, this is part of my vernacular. Like, that's just how I talk, like, around my family. Like, it's the same way. Like, I try to turn it down a little bit, but, like, you know, that's just kind of how I talk. So when we do things like this and I got to kind of control it a little bit, I got to focus a little harder, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally get that. Let's get back to the music real quick. I just had one more question. When you listen to a rapper, an MC, an artist, they're not saying the same thing every song, because otherwise, you know, it's going to get old and you're not going to be popular anymore or whatever. You're not going to sell units or get streams. You know, we're in 2021. Streams are the deal now. But if you listen to tracks, there's kind of like a theme. There's kind of, a you know, inspiration, a message that you're trying to get across. What is your personal message or stories that you tell about your life in a majority of your music?
1: I mean, if you're talking about myself personally, I mean, it's just about the everyday, you know, not struggle, not just struggles, but just everyday life stuff, man. Like, there's so many other cats, like, since I began doing this years ago uh, that have sprung up around me. And the one thing that I prided myself in is that I always rep the white. Like, even though that ain't even a popular thing to do at all, who I am and uh, that's what I try to represent with myself but everybody that's ever tried to rap from Dwight has always said like I'm from Chicago like every one of their pages says Chicago and whatnot and like that just hasn't been me I don't fault them for that I understand why they did it to be honest but uh I pride myself on keeping it real like like I said
0: keeping it authentic Moving away from music, we touched on that a lot, which I love. I'm glad you're on here to talk about music and rap and your love for it. But you also mentioned that, you know, not everybody can fully support themselves. Sure, you make some money here and there, but maybe not a full able to, you know, live off that. What else do you do in your time away from music? Man, I'm uh, I'm the paper
1: boy, actually. I work for uh, The Paper in Dwight. It's a family-owned business. We've been in business since 1999, and I know this, not to take it right back to music, but I know this because it was February 99, and uh, the Marshall Mathers, or I'm sorry, the Slim Shady LP had just
0: dropped weeks before we opened the doors at the paper. I love that you remember things because of music, because I do that too. I think we're like brothers or something. That's what I'm saying, like, bro, did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> On a podcast, best friend form, right? right
1: here. Right, We ain't even, uh, we ain't talked in some years, man. Like, I might even be a decade at this point, but, uh, yeah, I'm saying, like, we're both bald, we're both pale, <laughs> we're both...
0: So I mean, there's a quite. A, I mean, there's a possibility here.
1: Man, I I do know my dad. Um, At least I think that I do. I haven't done one of those DNA tests to one hundred percent confirm it, but we look an awful lot alike. So I just kind of go off of that. But who knows, man? He might have been out here. He might have been in Mendota, or Decal, or wherever you begin.
0: You're gonna have to ask him if he's got other kids that he don't know about. First of all, there's a rapper named Paperboy that had a couple songs in the 90s. I remember jamming onto those too, but anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. But when you say Paperboy, you deliver, Are you a writer, photographer, do you, what do you do for the paper exactly? twenty one Definitely. I might have to seriously think about this opportunity. I mean, we're both into music a lot. Now you work for a paper. I've worked for papers. And I might meet my dad. So we might have to do this. <laughs> right, right. And you might, uh,
1: shoot, I, I might need to be a uh, co host every once in a while. We could have some.
0: Sure we can find something we disagree on, but that's an idea too. You know, we might just like be linked up now forever.
1: <laughs> it's, it's the real deal, man. Uh, I appreciate you having me out, man.
0: This is dope. You've also said you're a huge sports fan. I mean, it's Friday, January 8th. We are two days away from a big game for the Chicago Bears. Luckily, by the skin of their teeth, made it to an <laughs> NFC wild Card game. And they meet the number two New Orleans Saints, who have been a Super Bowl contender throughout the entire NFL season this year. Man, where you, where's your head at going into this game? <laughs> I
1: mean, I would argue that I, I fall in the, in the meatball category when it comes to the Bears because, like... I definitely wanna see them win every single game. But I'm I'm a realist as well and maybe often a, a pessimist too. I'm pretty certain that the Bears are gonna find a Bears thing to do on Sunday and they're gonna have bears themselves into the off season.
0: Yeah, man, I can see that, especially after the last game of the season against the Packers and how just out of everything they looked. Out of sync, out of motion, out of place, out of everything that you can say out of. They kind of look like that against the Packers. I don't see it changing against the Saints. Yeah, you're not lying, man.
1: Uh, After having as many consecutive games where they were, you know, playing decent, everybody was hyped up. But I mean, it was against terrible teams. Like, let's keep it real. But, I mean, they kind of just the Bears were who
0: And that's the crazy thing, because I've heard people talk and be like, oh, you know, the Bears didn't meet expectations. Or I've heard a couple people say they were above expectations. Honestly, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. I looked at the schedule. I saw the bad teams. I'm like, they should be able to beat all them. And they did, whether it was luck or not. But they beat them. They were supposed to lose to the Colts, even though nobody thought in their mind, "Oh my God, the Colts are such a great team." But they were a better team than the Bears. The only upset in my mind was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Other than that, the season kind of fell exactly how I thought it would.
1: Absolutely, they were a middle of the road team from the jump. I wasn't fooled by the Foles move, like.
0: term that you have either just made up or it's the first time I heard it, but you're just like they're bearsy. They're doing bears things. We're gonna call it bearsy. I like it. I'll be honest, I, I
1: stole that from Dan Bernstein on 670 the score. Not plagiarizing, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have heard him say that though. Now that you say that I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, he's right, he's right. Also being Chicago area, Dwight, you gotta love some other Chicago teams when it comes to baseball, Cubs or Sox. So in 2016 you were probably crying when they won the world series <laughs> i
1: was indeed man uh, i ran pretty much the second ahead.
0: Is are you crying in 2021 as you see that team that people thought were going to be World Series contenders year in and year out? Didn't pan out that way. Now, some of that team, some of those pieces are starting to fall by the wayside, start to chip away. You, Darvish, gets traded for some prospects. Kyle Schwarber, gone. Seeing some of those pieces fall, are you starting to cry now? Maybe things are changing. Um, I'm definitely not going to cry because
1: I've been a long, long, lifelong Cubs fan. We've been through this, like I'm 35 years old, like I know how this heartbreak goes, I'm thankful for 2016, but uh, the truth of the matter is that all those cats, like they haven't been able to uh, produce like they did all together back in that amazing season, man, and it took like Schwarber coming off the disabled list.
0: disagree on I am more than a Sox fan than a Cubs fan I respect the Cubs but I am definitely a White Sox supporter more and I am pumped up about Tim Anderson Jose Abreu uh Luis Gilietto and I am trying to say everybody's name at the same time because that's how pumped up I am about this team yeah
1: it's gonna be exciting for for the people rocking on the south side man uh
0: traded 35 so we can say twin brothers if you want to and i'm gonna send right. you photos of every white Sox victory right, that's what it was <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a very soxy thing if we're if we're on putting y's at the end of team names like that sounds
1: like a very soxy thing of you to do <laughs> and i'm here i'm here for it bro I, I need some some more human interaction it's been a crazy 10 months
0: shoot Yeah, no doubt, man. It has definitely been insane with this COVID-19 and locked up and not able to really do the holiday things. Like, the holiday season passed and it was like, it was just a day. Like, there was no festive family thing, nothing. Right. It was the weirdest holiday season, like,
1: that I've ever experienced. And I was asking my grandparents, who I normally, our fam goes over to their place on Christmas Eve, and like, that's how it's always.
0: It's not just, like, sad cry. It's, like, crazy cry and want to freak out cry and just, like, man, I'm kind of scared to go to, like, a Walmart or a store because you don't know people's moods, not that you knew them before, but now everybody's tense, everybody's stressed, and you don't know how to act. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's
1: tense at holiday time anyways, but, like, it was a whole new thing. Like, I don't even honestly like going into stores, especially around, you know, my home.
0: At first, I kind of, let me rephrase that. When this first happened, I was like, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. So I was crazy. Stay at home. I missed a funeral for a really, really, really good friend who was pretty much a little brother to me for a majority of my life. I did not go to his funeral after a fatal car accident because that was the very day I'm sitting at work going to this thing at five o'clock. Got my dress outfit because Friday's casual day, so I didn't have to wear a tie, didn't have to bring the outfit, or didn't have to wear the outfit. So I bring it, going to change, And on the TV right above us, they officially closed down schools. They officially closed down sporting events all at like two or three o'clock that day. And I'm like, okay, if they're closing school, they're not letting athletes be athletes. They're stopping, you know, the uh, March Madness, all this other things are going on. I'm like, I I can't go like I don't know what's going to happen. So I didn't go. And it was craziness, pure craziness right i hate that uh, any any of us were put in any position like
1: that you know like here i'm crying about christmas and like normally i don't even really care that much about christmas but it's it's more about the family thing for me and i'm just thinking like how many other people have lost people and not been able to say goodbye at all and I'm, like you know in the middle of this stuff like my grandfather was in the hospital for a spell during this stuff and somehow managed to
0: as human beings we find a way there's no doubt about that yes sir and this gives you some you know material I feel like this is gonna be in some of your upcoming songs yeah it, it already has. Here, even though I've been working out, unfortunately, other things have caused me not to look as slim as I'd like. I'm smaller than I was in the past, but you know, it happens, it happens. Man, absolutely,
1: I do like I fluctuate about every three, four years, it's like.
0: a game we're gonna do a top five but before we get to the top five where is some places that listeners can go and listen to you listen to prelude to a million what are some links some spots to check out the music well before i I shoot
1: the links with everybody um i I gotta say that i like the way that you say prelude like i say prelude you say prelude but the beautiful thing about the name is that you can say it either way like you can google it right now
0: I like it. So pretty much you just called me out. I've been saying the name wrong.
1: You haven't been saying it wrong. You've been saying it your way.
0: (laughs) Guess I'm saying it like a journalist, like reading it and trying to be correct and stuff. I don't like to apologize, but since we're brothers now, like twin brothers, I'd apologize to you. Right, I could tell you were sincere too because we are twin brothers. I can feel it all the way in the way that you were you were real about the apology, and that's all good. I'll be I'll be a member of Prelude to a Million right now. I'm cool with it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, let's get to this top five. I actually want to do two. I'm gonna spring this on you last moment, but we're gonna do two okay. top fives top five i pretty much do this with every artist just because i am interested and i know other people are interested to see who motivates whose idols when it comes to making music so growing up listening to music who are your top five musicians that have kind of been role models and helped you do what you do now
1: man that's a good question and i feel like for me it's like ever-changing but uh a lot of it starts in the midwest man i would say twist Tech Nine and Eminem, and then to branch out a little bit, I gotta say, like, Snoop
0: and Jay. That would be my top five. Okay. Obviously, being a white rapper, white MC, how many times have you heard this, the slim, shady Eminem comparisons, or, like, oh, you just want to be Eminem? Right, right. sparks so though you even kind of talk like him got that little draw
1: yeah i mean that's what everybody says about my voice uh, you don't sound like how you rap and i'm just like i don't know what to tell you like i just rap how i rap bro i don't
0: know it is what it is man right it's just that uh, i think southern illinois did it to me
1: man because i don't think i had a draw really before i was pretty quiet before i
0: got to Carbondale. i get told that the time about my voice and how I talk. It's like as soon as you went to SIU you came back, like your voice and how you talk changed.
1: Right, right. I'm just uh, no, no offense to Carbondale, I love that place, but I'm just kind of glad I didn't end up like a lifer down there but I don't know if being a white
0: lifer is a whole lot better. I say the same things. I loved SIU, love Carbondale but if I would have stayed down there, man, I don't know. I don't know what would be <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> No, I can almost guarantee that would not be happening. <laughs> the other top five that I wanted to do, you're a huge sports fan. Let's do a top five of your favorite athletes. can be whatever sport, whatever, your top five favorite athletes.
1: Does it have to be in any type of order?
0: Nope. No order. Then, uh, I
1: mean, I got to go Michael Jeffrey Jordan
0: right off the bat. I'm taking that as number one because I already know it is. That changed lives. That changed everything. Right. Well, seems like a good time to stop this. I mean, we got some Sammy Sosa talk in there, some Ken Griffey. Man, bringing back some memories for me as well. I'm happy that you and Prelude to a Million, hey, you like how I change it right there, are doing well. I Love it. (laughs) Making some new music, doing your thing. I'm happy for you, and thanks for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. My man, my my brother like twin brother.
1: Right, right. We just became best friends. Hey man, uh appreciate you B and uh thank you for, for having me on